In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. As budgets tighten and the burden on the health system increases, local services need to be creative in finding new ways to deliver care. But what's the key to success in this rapidly changing environment? Improving services to meet the specific needs of their local community. Peter Birch and the team at Marta Brisbane's Neonatal Intensive Care Unit saw a way to reduce mortality, morbidity, length of stays, and costs by reducing central line associated bloodstream infections, or CLAMSI. But how exactly did they do this? After implementing a bundle of evidence-based interventions, continual audit, improvement, education, and promotion, they saw a significant decrease in infections and 157 consecutive CLAMSI-free days in their NICU. that um, and thank you for the opportunity to present here now this afternoon. I see a few people have left. I think when you start talking about neonatal intensive care, people who are not neonatal clinicians flee the room. So I'm hoping that this presentation will show you that this is actually the quality improvement that's transferable across many different units and different areas of care. So just for a quick introduction about our service, Marta Mothers Hospital is Australia's largest maternity hospital with over 10,500 births per annum. We've got a 79-cot neonatal critical care unit with over 2,000 admissions a year. Within that, there are 47 neonatal intensive care cots, and we are the cardiac, surgical, and medical subspecialty referral centre for the region. Most critically, small and unwell babies, less than 32 weeks and less than 1,500 grams, we have 20, 230 to 240 admissions a year. So a large population of people. The reason I'm telling you, I guess, this is about when we come on to the achievement we, we managed to achieve, um, I think it needs to be put into context with how many patients we are dealing with. So we have a very high central catheter usage with 10 to 20% of our patients in the critical care unit um, on any single day, they will have a central line in situ. The average in 2019, every day, 15.6% of the patients in the unit um, had a central catheter. And in 2019, there were 3,710 catheter days, on average 10.2 catheter days per day. So what is neonatal CLABSI? We've worked together with other Queensland neonatal units to develop a definition that we all abide by so that we can share our data and we can move forward as a, as a group of clinicians to make sure that we can reduce CLABSI in, in Queensland. And the definition we've come up with is that it's a late onset sepsis in an infant who has a catheter. So the definition of late onset sepsis is an infant who is at least 48 hours old and we then have some definitions around what is a contaminant. 
and those are up there. And so why is, why is CLABC important? Um, well, there's clearly increased morbidity and mortality associated. There's an over three times increased risk of cerebral palsy in infants who get late-onset sepsis and CLABSI, uh, two times increased risk of overall neurodevelopmental disability. There's also increased associated costs to our service with prolonged hospital stay, increased time in intensive care, and increased time on respiratory support. So this is important, and it's important in all areas of healthcare, particularly those areas where central lines are used. Preventing nosocomial infections is important. So what was the problem we had? It was noted that in 2016 and 17, the rates of CLABSI at Martin Nursery was high, and we had some deaths associated with CLABSI. It was also a time when international and national quality improvement groups were highlighting how CLABSI can be reduced, and particularly around bundles of care. There were discussions in forums across Australia, and people were looking at defining the problem. Benchmarking is best done on catheter days, so CLABSI rates per 1,000 catheter days is the benchmark and our average rate from November 16 to November 17 was 5.3, where benchmarking ideals are less than three. So that was considerably higher than where we wanted to be. These are GAM charts which show modified graded averages across, across time. So the, the observed rate, which is the important one, is in the, in the blue, and you can see how the rates go up and down, and those are the observed uh, infections, and then the black one here is what you're what your mean is. And so we're wanting to get down below here and our mean was travelling much higher than we wanted it to be. So that's, that's what the problem was. So what was our solution? Well we did a, a quality improvement, we followed a PDSA cycle, so we planned to reduce catheter-related uh, catheter bloodstream infections to below 3 per thousand catheter days by 2019. That was, our, that was our aim. So what did we do? We developed some long line management bundles which are to do with pick line insertion and pick line care education on those protocols, and we found that the key points were around insertion, compliance with aseptic non-touch technique, and maintaining sterility during line changes. Scrub the Hub was the theme we had really strong, so all of the nursing staff, medical staff, talked about Scrub the Hub. That's the area when contamination can occur. We measured CLABSI rates, presented data every day, and we watched the, the rates come down and celebrate. That was, that was our plan. So what, what happened? Well. We watched the rates come down and we celebrated. We then had this period where you can see CLABSI zero and we had that period of time where we had no central line infections at all. And we thought we're approaching that green line, it's time to celebrate. And we did, we, we threw a little party, we had a we've got no CLABSI party, we had some pizza. <laughs> all was good. And then that happened. There we have the, the no CLABSIs, there we have our celebration and then our rate got up to higher than it ever was. That was disappointing. We had to ask the question, why? So we went back to our PDSA cycle and we had to study. You know, that's, that's the important part of this cycle, keep going back to studying. We, we can't just sit on our laurels, we need to know why. We set up a working group. We did sentinel reviews, and I think I'll go back to that, but it's one of the most important lessons we learned. Every single CLABSI event we treated as a sentinel event and we reviewed that in great detail. It wasn't okay to say, CLABSIs occur, they happen, let's just have a, a process to try and reduce them. We had to say, that event is unacceptable, why did it happen, and look at the processes. Um, and we created things out of every single Sentinel review, we found something we could improve on. So we acted on then, we implemented some specific interventions, early probiotics, reducing early antibiotic use, 
we worked out when that line was going up, a lot of that was umbilical lines. We'd put a whole lot of emphasis on silastic pick lines and not on umbilical catheters and realised that actually umbilical lines are central catheters too, so you've got to treat them in the same way. We completely eradicated three-way taps from our service using different connectors and we tried to get lines out earlier. We went, out, this, is, this is our average here, this is where we had that horrible rise and this is where we went down. And so by July 2019, we'd got below three, we maintained it at below three. That area there was 157 days without a central line associated bloodstream infection. We celebrated that. And there's a 100% reduction in central line associated bloodstream infections in the last 12 months. So you've got to then go back and ask the same question. You know, we asked the question, why didn't it work? And we now have to ask the question, why did it work? And those are the four areas I wanted to quickly talk about. Teamwork and leadership, standard work, bundles of care, speaking at the moment, and always means always. We celebrated, um, and the way we celebrated it meant that we actually got the entire organisation behind us. Um, we had news articles, we talked about it. We talked about we went to 50 days, now we got to 100 days, but that's not enough. And all of us got, in, got involved in that process. We all, we all spoke about what it was to do. And I think what's really important is the momentum that was gathered through that process. And it, it all snowballed on itself. The more we talked about it, the more it became unacceptable to have an infection, the more we tried really hard to prevent them. The nitty gritty, what did we actually do? We continually assessed, learned, changed and promoted. We implemented nursing leadership roles with clinical nurse consultants with specific quality improvement roles. There was strong unit leadership from a nursing and medical perspective around infections, and we had a lot of organisational support. We did promote and celebrate, but we didn't sit back on that. And we promoted and celebrated, and then we talked about why we'd done so well. We published our hand hygiene and clampsy rates. Parents thanked us. We got a card from a parent who said, thank you so much for my baby being in the hospital for 50 days with a central line, and he never got an infection. Thank you for caring for him that way. And that was fed back to the staff. So success bred further success. And every time meant every time for every baby. So you didn't just scrub the hub when you needed to, you scrubbed the hub every time, even when you're busy, on every baby. And thanks were, giving, were given for speaking up for safety. If someone spoke up and said, this isn't the right way to do it, somebody else didn't argue, they said, thank you for that. Thank you for letting me know the right way to do things. And that was the culture that we, we bred. It wasn't easy, and my little blurb talk about is this easily transferable to other services and other hospitals? And my answer to that is it is easily transferable, but it isn't easy. It requires everybody on board, it requires strong leadership from nursing and medical staff, and it requires everybody being invested in the results of this. So I'd like to thank all of my colleagues, but especially those that are mentioned there, and the parents as well. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.